What's good, beautiful human beings? Welcome to episode 25 of the New Perceptions podcast. I am so happy to say that I have a guest on this podcast. As you well know, I do mostly solo podcasting, but I have so many people that I want to drop deep into conversation with that um, I'm just making it happen now. And we filmed this one as well. So if you want to check it out on YouTube and see our faces as we speak, um, just head to youtube.com forward slash Ben Brown. And I will be doing my best to put the podcasts also on YouTube with some video action in the future as well. This podcast is featuring my friend Matt Zian, and I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation we had. We talk about all sorts of different things. He is a fellow artist, he's a musician, he's a psychonaut, he's a DJ, he's a filmmaker and producer and all-round incredible soul who is finding himself really on his sort of soul's path right now and we speak to that as well we speak about authenticity and uh, some of the trials and tribulations that he went through to get to where he is right now i think it's a very inspiring podcast please do let me know what you think matt has a podcast as well it's called the zian archives x-i-a-n archives and he has an incredible company called time wheel which we speak about a little bit in this podcast too. I'm really excited to get more guests on the podcast now that I've figured out how to seamlessly record over the internet without losing any quality. And so I've got a few guests that I'm lining up to bring on board because doing solo podcasts is fun and I certainly will be doing them, I'm sure, when I feel aligned to and when I feel like I've got something to say that's just from me. But... I'm so excited about having these deep and meaningful conversations and most importantly, learning from the guests that I have on the podcast. This is a super fun podcast. Let me know what you think. Share it with someone that you think might also enjoy it, that might resonate with what we're talking about. In this podcast, we're talking about psychedelics. We're talking about cannabis. We're talking about music, inspiration, authentic creation, ecstatic dance, um, yeah, we drop into a few different topics and it all flows really beautifully. And I'm just feeling very, very grateful right now to have had the opportunity to even drop in with such an incredible soul. And I'm super excited to see what Matt creates in this lifetime and follow him along. I'm certainly a huge fan of his podcast, so do go and check that out. But without further ado, here is my guest on my podcast, New Perceptions, Matt Zian. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you, brother. How do I pronounce your surname? Uh, Zian. 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 Right. Okay, cool. I love that you got an X in your surname. That must totally. mean you're from way deep in the galaxy somewhere. Like oh, yeah. Your origins. <laughs> Thousand percent. I, I forget the star system name. It was it was pretty uh, hard to pronounce. So I just, I've given up. But yeah, I'm yeah. from very far away for sure. It's up there somewhere. <laughs> but brother yes, welcome to um welcome to the new perceptions podcast thank um, you such it's an honor, honor to, to have you dude it's such a pleasure to have you um why don't we start off um i'd actually like to start off if you join me in a nice deep nose breath in through mm. the nose and out through the mouth together let's do that let's do it let's do one more of those 
Nice. Bring us onto the same frequency a little bit. Thousand percent. I love breath work. Mm, same. Um, let's start with a quick check-in. Let's um, just in a minute or so, just give us a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual check-in. How are you doing? Let's go. Oh, I'm good. You know, morning is my favorite time. Um, I found that my sleep chronotype, which everyone has a, a different sleep chronotype, you know, where um, it's better for you to get up at a certain time. You're, you're way more optimal. You know, you're operating more optimally at certain times. Um, it's funny because a lot of people think that, you know, there's just one way to be productive. Um, and I've learned that it's definitely uh, varied. You know, some people actually are better at getting up at noon and working late into the night and getting a lot more done. That's Some been me recently, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and it does actually change and shift around. Interesting. Um, but, um, yeah, for me, I'm an, I'm an early bird, get the worm type of guy. So I'm feeling energized, feeling grateful, feeling happy, feeling blessed, feeling like I'm mm. in alignment with my path and my soul's mission here on Earth. So I can't be more grateful for that you know what i mean because i didn't always have that that's definitely something i've only found in the past decade and i'm, I'm 30 now so you know from years zero to 20 you know I, I was you know i was living and i was as happy as i could be without understanding my the the full scope of why i'm here on earth but mm -hmm. um after around age 20 um I had like an awakening and I started really aligning myself with a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose in Dude, life. You're already answering all the questions that I've got. Oh, amazing. and we're only in the check-in. <laughs> so check I'm so excited. And I know that, um, yeah, I mean, we, you and I have had like uh, a quick FaceTime before, before we did this, like a couple of weeks ago, before we like mm -hmm. booked this podcast in. And I felt from my side, like this is another alien brother who is like mm -hmm. a soul family tribe member and yeah or just our frequencies are very much aligned so it doesn't surprise me that you're all, somehow you really know what i'm going to ask you <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah so and, uh, i'm grateful yeah. i'm happy to be here man thank okay, you so you're much feeling for good. having me no it's such a treat dude um okay my check-in i'm feeling um physically strong today i did a workout this morning and i usually do like some chin-ups and some push-ups and stuff but today i was like i'm gonna do like twice as many sets of my little circuit as usual and really yeah. push myself and it got yeah. to the point where i like really had to sit down and like a lot of oxygen debt you know and you're really just trying to like recover from which felt really good and then i went for a swim in the ocean which is like my morning ritual so i'm yeah, feeling yeah. strong in my physical body um emotionally feeling pretty like stable um i had a big shift over the last couple of days mm -hmm. i had quite a lot of emotional baggage backing up and it all kind of cracked open and poured out yesterday which was nice so i'm feeling calm um, mentally also in the same space and spiritually i'm feeling um aligned let's put it that way amazing yeah. so similar Glad to you dude full of gratitude yes Yes, I admire that workout ethic. That's something I'm still striving to get better at. 
I do work out weekly, but it's mm. usually like once, maybe twice a week. You know, I, I have a good friend who's a physical um, coach, you know, um, physique coach, I mean to say, who really pushes me to strengthen my body because I'm a very mentally stimulated person, um, mm. creative person. So I just want to say kudos for taking care of your body, you know. Thanks, um, I try to take care of my body. I try to watch what I put in it and these types of things, but I've just... I kind of struggle to get the the motivation to push heavy objects around. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes. I'm still Work getting with gravity there. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's something that definitely comes natural to me. I, I grew up being quite sporty as opposed to academic. Like I didn't, wasn't really interested in learning stuff. I just was wanted to move my body. I guess I had also a lot of life force energy, like fucking shifting through me. And I directed that all into sport for many years of my life. So, and then, of course, kind of overdid that and then kind of got disheartened with the whole physical stuff and then went inwards a little bit more. And now I'm starting to understand that, oh, the in and the out is kind of the same thing. <laughs> and uh, I really need to take care of my physical body because it has, for me, it's such a win for mental health. Like if I can right. get out of breath, um, it's it's automatically just going to trigger a whole chemical concoction of happy juices going on oh, yeah. so it's a easy win i a thousand percent agree that when i do work out i feel better you know so yeah. it does something it absolutely stimulates some good feelings absolutely yeah man mm. um so i suppose a, a quick introduction of like where you where you live like what you who you are what you what you do how you um, how would you describe yourself? Absolutely. Um, I'm Matt Zian. I'm currently based in San Antonio, Texas, uh, USA. And I'm a creative director, entrepreneur, musician, uh, psychonaut, and I don't know, a general just kind of psychedelic wavy guy. <laughs> <laughs> wavy is a really good word to describe you as far as I know. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It's an honor to be here. You know, it's been an interesting path getting to this point. You know, there's been lots of ups and downs, twists and turns, mm. but things are aligning in a way that feels like divine, you know? So mm. what a feeling that is, hey? Yes. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's really what makes life worth living. And that's, you know, why I come on podcasts and host my own is I just want people to find that for themselves, really. You know, I think mm -hmm. everyone can find that. Everyone has a dharma. Everyone has a purpose and a reason we're here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be, you know. I feel that very strongly. I feel that deep in my bones. And it's, you know, a lot of people that I encounter that resonate with me um, are on that path of self-discovery as well so mm. love that and you, you so you mentioned you're 30 now yep and um you said it was about 10 years ago that you kind of had a big shift did you uh, what right. did that look like yeah so you know from my high school uh time i was uh dealing with depression there's a lot of things that went into that, you know, maybe we, I've been realizing more deeply that perhaps my parents' divorce may have had a bigger impact on me than I ever thought. Uh, I, I, I was pretty 
easily accepting of that at the time. Of course, it hurt. It sucked. But like I found, you know, um, oh, you know, I, I entertained myself. I, I skateboarded with friends. I played video games. Um, maybe I, I escaped into certain activities that kind of kept my mind off of that. But, you know, perhaps when I was around 11, my parents got divorced. I've been realizing as I'm diving deeper into this self-discovery work that maybe that did have a, an impact on me and the fact that I don't currently have a you know relationship with my father as well um I'm, I'm learning that that might play a bigger role in why i was depressed and why i was lacking you know that masculine leader in my life um i never really thought of it that way i just wasn't informed enough to to, to look deeply enough um mm. at that so i was dealing with depression you know just real life stuff you know work stuff school stuff girl stuff like things just weren't going my way and i was kind of like woe is me type attitude through high school feeling um, like a bit of the victim of your situation 100 percent, 100 percent. and i would say why me why me why me i would ask god or whoever mentally you know why do i deserve this you know little did i know that was a, a very important thing for me to go through so that i would on the other side be super grateful um so I started, you know, I'm a musician. We started a band. We were around 15 years old. Um, a couple of the bandmates started smoking cannabis, and I wasn't really down with it. I used to actually hold a lot of judgment against people who smoke cannabis. <laughs> same, same, dude. I was so judgmental. I come from the athlete background where mm -hmm. I, was like, I was quite a judgmental kid, as it was anyway. But um, yeah. I felt like I was contributing to society and everything and anybody who did drugs was not contributing i was like do something useful you know yep. yeah yeah same how you know, times really change eh? <laughs> oh yeah a lot has changed you know um mm. so you know through a lot of hesitation and through a lot of uh conversations i, I eventually did try cannabis um, when i was around i want to say 18 or 19 years old and it was actually a very powerful experience very spiritual um it, it really gave me a lot of relief from anxiety and depression I was dealing with. And I could actually kind of just be enjoying the moment um, instead of off in the thought world, you know. Um, mm. And that was a, a powerful shift in my life, but still not quite an awakening. Um, it, it was definitely an entry point. Um, yeah. And it got interested because I was having pretty much psychedelic visions from cannabis, all these like daydreams. Um, I would close my eyes and see scenes unfolding in my mind's eye. Um, listening to music, I would see like music videos or if we would watch a film, I would see way deeper layers of the film that I had ever seen before. Um, I can relate I was, to that. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. I think I, um, you mentioned this on Eric Godsey's podcast, mm -hmm. which is actually how I first, um, came across you. Cool. And or rather, you came into my field via Eric Godsey's yep. um, radius. He's a great guy. Yeah, and um, when you were speaking to the psychoactive uh, experience of cannabis, I was like, oh, "Mate, so it's not just it's not just me that feels like I'm tripping when I'm mm -hmm. um, when I'm journeying or in ceremony with that plant." Right. And yeah, I felt. Um, I could resonate to what you were saying. I felt, uh, yeah, 
felt that. A thousand percent. It was way more powerful than I ever thought because, you know, on the outside looking in, you just see guys laughing and giggling and their eyes are red and they really love this music for some reason. And I didn't really <laughs> get it. I was just like, y'all are crazy. What? I still love you guys. You're my bros, but I'm not going to do that. But when I did do it and I realized, whoa, so they're entering another dimension. Like they're going into the music as a dimension. Um, mm. That's what was happening to me um, when I took my first few hits of cannabis and it's funny that the, this whole other like alter ego of my friends would come out too. Like they would turn into like almost different people, way more silly versions of themselves. They would use yeah. accents that they would never normally use and <laughs> say things they would never normally say. And I started to really find the humor in that and, you know, say, Hey, well, this isn't so bad. You know what I mean? Like I was really judgmental of, of people in that state before and realizing that it's just, they're just enjoying life, you know, so I should chill out a little bit and, and enjoy life with them. So, so I did. Um, and I got interested in what is psychedelic because I just, I would go home and Google. I'm just a very inquisitive person. Um, hmm. what does cannabis do? Why does it have the effects it has? What other things do this? And, um, through my research, I found out a few things. One was salvia, tried salvia a number of times it was actually legal um very trippy stuff um i don't really recommend people run and try that out i've never tried it yeah it never came into my space you know it's a lot like dmt in mm. that it's a fully immersive experience you totally leave your body and you go okay. somewhere else entirely wow and i could go in deep on the the, the salvia experiences i had but um, really, that wasn't an awakening as much. It was like an, uh, uh, another point of intrigue for me. But magic mushrooms was what um, caused the awakening. And I did mushrooms twice before they even really worked on me. Um, I did like two grams twice. And I felt funny. I felt like I had a few beers. I felt a little mm. stumbly, a little giggly. But it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a breakthrough experience. Um, so I kept reading about people having these breakthrough experiences. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the website shroomery.org, I believe it is. I have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was reading on that, these crazy experiences people were having. And I'm like, hey, I, I ate mushrooms and this didn't happen to me. So I must not have ate enough. So the third time we ate pretty much double what we'd ever eaten. We ate 3.5 grams. Mm. And then we drank orange juice, which apparently amplifies it because I was like, I'm ready to have this experience. I'm going to do everything in my power to get this experience people are talking about. And yeah, boy, the last thing you want to do is like underdose like right. sometimes, especially if you're ceremonially, like intentionally trying to have an experience. The last thing totally. you want to do is not quite make it. Mm. Yep. Well, we made it and we made it quick. Uh, you know, 30 minutes into this experience, I was in another world. Like, it seemed to me that I was on an alien planet, and I was an alien, and this was amazing and beautiful as a person who had grown up with an appreciation for the idea of aliens and UFOs and extraterrestrials and all this type of stuff. Just like things uh, that we don't know about, that there's mm -hmm. stuff going on that we don't know about as well. Totally. Yeah. So. And, you know, I was having that experience firsthand as a kind of fantastical vision of, oh, I'm an alien and I'm on an alien planet. But I actually realized there's a lot of truth in that. Mm. Um, we are aliens on, alien, on an alien planet in the grand scope 
you know, in the grand scheme, I started to see perspective, a cosmic perspective mm. of, whoa, we're beings on a rock floating through space and going thousands of miles an hour through infinite void nothingness. And we're here, though, you know, like it was a profound experience. And then I was really connecting with nature, too, because trees appeared to me as beings. And I, we all know trees are alive. We all know plants are alive. You know, they, they die, they, they wilt, they, mm. you know, they grow. They, we all knew that, but I, I totally disconnected from that idea. I almost didn't even see plants. Mm. Like, they, I would pass by in the car and never, and never look at trees. I, it was just like... They were just green things that you knew yeah, were growing. Like, totally. Yeah. I just had no interest in perceiving trees and plants and these types of things in, a, in my sober reality. Well, on these mushrooms, the, 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 the plants, they, they were beings. They were moving. They had a spirit. They were kind of speaking to me. Um, and I understood them as grandmasters of wisdom. And they are the um, protectors and the guardians. And this is their world. Like the plants run this town. And humans are just visitors here on this beautiful plant playground. Mm -hmm. And I saw them as so much more vital to existence than even humans. And like without plants none of this would be possible and i just had such a deep reverence for trees and plants after this experience and um it really changed my life and i became extremely interested in plant life so much that in college the next year i took botany which i had never been interested in <laughs> yeah I'd, i would have never expected that me would be interested in learning about plants. You know what I it's mean? It's mad and how a, a shift in our mindset can just completely change the direction that we're heading in life. Like yeah. I, um, I relate to that. That um, thanks for sharing that little story. Mm -hmm. I relate to that in so many ways, and that it's like I've almost didn't see trees and plants before, and mm -hmm. um, now when I'm, I'm sort of adjusting on and on a monthly basis. I sort of check in, like, what are my long-term goals? Are they the same as last month, or do I need to? get a bit more specific around things and one of the things i added in this month on the previous new moon um was like i want to i want to be a gardener mm -hmm. like i want to get my hands in the soil i want to understand the microbiomes i want to understand the symbiosis of how life is being created and yeah. in order to connect more deeply with the consciousness of these incredible plants that just grow out of the ground and yeah, right. mushrooms for sure also just sort of piqued my interest and really opened my eye up to that one. Yeah. And mm. it made a lot of sense, even logically, that a thing from nature would show you what nature is, you know, the mushroom itself. It's almost as if you're taking the nature pill, you know, mm -hmm. and it was the, you know, the mushrooms, they grow in nature. And uh, I also felt like there was a spirit inside the mushroom um, it really felt like there was some type of guide there. It w and, you know, maybe it's my intuition. You know, I, I don't really know. It's hard to put a finger on what these things are, but I felt as if there was a deep wisdom being transmitted to me, my ego, myself, Matt, from a way more intelligent, way more vastly complex intelligence, 
you know, like mm-hmm. than I had ever had contact with. You know, I'm sure people would say it's God or um, the plant spirit or I don't know what it is, but it transmits truth in a way that's undeniable and yeah. it hits yeah. you in the in your soul as, oh, truth, you know, and that's yeah. a rare thing to encounter because I was like in a world before this where I, like I almost nothing felt true to me, you know, everything was a was fake. Everything was a facade. Everything was a lie. And I was so confused. I was like, why am I here if all of this bullshit, you know? And yeah, I this just realized I wasn't like the looking great at mystery. It. Like I came here for the great mystery and then I'm being distracted by things that I can feel in my body are actually nonsense. I mean, they serve a purpose in a way and maybe the purpose right. is to be like, this isn't it. This isn't it. Yep. That's that was something it. else is it. That was why I had to go through all of that. That's what Mm -hmm. I realized is I had to, to, yeah, bump into all of the things that weren't it for me to realize what was it. And what was it is so simple. It's literally right under your nose the whole time. It's right there. It's existence. It's friends. It's conversations. It's presence. Mm. Plants, nature, like returning to our roots. We are Mm. animals. We are tribal monkeys that are just they speak we speak that's all that's really different you know we intellectualize a little deeper maybe than monkeys but you know we came from that and i realized how you know distant i was from what i am you know because Mm. society puts you in a maze of looking everywhere for what you're missing Mm. And it's nowhere to be found because what you're missing is right in front of you. It's just being. It's just being here. Yeah. It's and so simple. I feel like the survival, it gets really complicated, doesn't it, to be a human. When to, to survive in a society, we have to construct this identity, this mm-hmm. version of ourselves to like present forwards out of sheer survival because we can't make it on our own. So we have to be liked we have to get on with others and we have to like participate in all of these things that we're all agreeing to. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it sounds like you, that was kind of heading towards um, something that was feeling out of harmony with you intrinsically. Mm-hmm. And the mushrooms kind of helped show you that because um, right. I had have very, have had very similar experiences where people talk about like the ego death and things and it's like the mushroom almost for me is like it can't you can't be shown or understand or embody the wisdom of the teachings of the mushrooms if you're in your own way so it will show you all the things that you aren't first and make you come to peace with those things before we can go to the next stage and really receive some teachings but that can be an uncomfortable process was it uncomfortable for you the you know, it was really weird was because it was uncomfortable for me only because my friends were uncomfortable. Okay. Like I, I tripped with f- four people when we did this um, and all of them were almost freaking out. To be honest, I was having a great time. <laughs> I was like, ah, this is so cool. Like, oh, my God, like we're aliens, you know, like <laughs> I was I was on cloud nine. And yeah. but some of my friends were actually, you know. I told this story on the Godsey podcast. One of my friends literally forced himself to throw up because he was so afraid at how these effects were coming on. 
and it didn't it did it didn't stop the trip from happening even no. though he did force himself to throw up probably like reduced was, the length of it a bit but yeah it might have mm-hmm. done something like that but it was funny because he actually he actually had a humbling moment with us uh after he threw up and we kind of consulted him for 20 minutes bro it's okay like we we signed up for this we're gonna be in this for four to six hours like just ride this with us we ended up sitting down in the grass somewhere and he said you know what guys i'm sorry like, I'm sorry that I was being a baby. I'm sorry that I was overreacting. Like, I love you guys. And we, it was just such a nice bonding moment of hum, humbling, you know, with him and with us. And we all, we care about you, bro. We're here for you. Like, so, but for me, you know, like it was a challenging experience because I was trying to like make sure everyone else was having a good time. And I had done the most research, um, but certainly some of my friends did have a very challenging time. But I mean, for me, again, I was on cloud nine. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm very, it feels like home. I feel very welcome in the psychedelic space. I feel like they want me there. Like those, mm-hmm. those mushroom teacher, you know, spirits or whatever. They're like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're back. Welcome back. You know? So. Yeah. You've been here many times before. Remember us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can. For me, I've definitely experienced that. I've felt like very welcome, very at home. Like it's um, like the the oldest version of me sort of comes out and sort of like, yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. I've been here many times before, of course. Yeah. And usually um, that comes about towards the end of a, of a journey that's a higher dose when I'm rolling like a nice organic tobacco rolly. And mm-hmm. I also commune with grandfather tobacco at the same time. It feels like this has oh, been yeah. done a hundred thousand times before. Oh yeah. Um, but that, certainly I, it, I, that's not always the case with me and my psychedelic okay. experiences at all. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that to be quite in the mind and mm-hmm. I have I sh- sometimes struggle to get past myself. Mm-hmm. But when I do, um, which is every single time because it just forces me to in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I confront whatever the thing is. Usually it's self-judgment for me comes up with acid. Yeah. Um, and then once I break through that, it's like, ah, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. Now we're here. Yeah. That does happen for a lot of people um, in, in many psychedelic experiences with many molecules, but LSD in particular, it can give you a very critical self reflection. Mm-hmm. It can make you really look at you and your mistakes and um, things that you need to get right in your life. But it's honestly a good thing. You know what I mean? It's it's a good yeah. thing to get that little, uh, what do they call it? You know, it's a slap in the face, essentially, but, but from someone that cares about you and wants you to wake up. It's just, yeah. it's just trying to show you for your own good. It's um, a mirror, isn't it? Yeah, just, yeah it is. back. And once you can accept and say, ah, I accept, I accept, I accept, you can get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great about that is it, it sends like a shock wave through your psyche that you can't, if you're, if you're actually a person of integrity, you can't just like forget about it and like be, go back to being a shitty person. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's like, I saw how I need to improve. Like, I must do this, right? You know, like mm-hmm. it feels in, in integrity with my soul to hear the message out of don't be like that. Instead, be more like this. It's it's mm-hmm. way more in flow. It's way more in harmony. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've so always my, been my inclined. reflection. 
is like self-judgment so that mm -hmm. i often take that as like of course like maybe that's also a reflection of me judging others mm -hmm. and um absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. i struggle like. with that too I, again mm -hmm. i was i was very judgmental um prior to some of these experiences and now i now i feel like i i have more of a map of understanding oh they're that's just where they are in their path right now like it's not for me to mm -hmm. tell them that they're wrong or this is the right way yeah, if they're, uh, you know, magnetized towards things I have to share, great. But if it's not where they are right now, I'm not going to try and convince them. You know, yes. like the old me was like, I must win the argument, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I resonate with that a lot. And um, the people pleaser in me as well. Once there's a part of me that is like, oh, I can just change myself and mold myself and fit perfectly so that I can be who you need me to be. Right. Um and then and then somehow expect the same from other people as well but yeah mm -hmm. to allow people to sort of get on with their journey yeah um, that is something i've been dealing with for a long time that people pleasing thing and mm -hmm. it's weird is because you know rationally i'm trying to be a good person i'm trying to hear people out and give them feedback that is useful but sometimes it's against my own intuition and that's the people pleasing. Like the, the, the me sometimes wants to, to say, okay, I stopped doing that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. clearly that's not helping you. You need to stop. But after I did that a handful of times and I got pushback and I felt like, oh, like I better just tell them what they want to hear because <laughs> this isn't yeah. working. Like the, the actual like critical mind that I can, that, that can come to me sometimes and, and, seemingly want to help other people doesn't work so i need to just like sit with myself and again like i said a minute ago realize where people are in their path and accept that and accept them and you know be supportive um mm -hmm. but yeah Let people you make know, mistakes it, as well yeah there's a fine line between you know what's supportive and what's people pleasing and it's hard to n navigate that because um sometimes you are saying something that will just make sure that this relationship will continue to be favorable and not you know um cause any conflict but mm -hmm. at the same time you might totally feel like you know something that would help them but you know they're not ready to hear it yet and yeah. it's a tricky thing you know but i think patience is the answer there yeah just, just always like, being there always yep. there like yeah um, i'm here exactly. if you need me unless of yep. course it's a destructive situation you need to give some space to someone mm -hmm. um but to e even then just be like look i love you like i have love for you mm -hmm. and love can look like space too yep. depending on where each of the people are in their journey yeah um I think I've I've had that experience where my relationship with someone has been um it's come to light that it's actually we we have these um tendencies uh what's the word I'm looking for enable enable oh enabling oh yeah enabling um, right. enabling good things is great but enabling um things that aren't conducive to growth and health um that's when the, that it's kind of difficult to have those conversations sometimes and a bit of space is needed 
Right. A hundred percent. It's easy to get really, really close to people, almost too close because you're best friends. You know what I mean? So it's like you see each mm-hmm. other every day for four hours a day for two years straight. These types of things. I've had relationships like this because I'm in a band. I run mm-hmm. a label like, you know, musicians are very interesting creatures. The uh, creative people are um there's a give and take with creativity like yes some people can create like crazy but other areas of life they're they're not grounded and that's fine and that's okay but you know like when you're someone that that works so deeply with artists and musicians and these types of people you start to to really get a grasp on the ungroundedness even though they're genius they're literally geniuses but sometimes mm-hmm. in other places they're just relationship boundary stuff like it's just not dialed in um and it's the human it's beings been, <laughs> yeah it's been tough you know to learn these lessons but i've always felt like i only learned the lessons i'm meant to learn and that god or the universe or whatever it is only gives me what i can handle and it wouldn't throw me a thing that would just like destroy me. So it, if there's a challenge in my life, I've learned through these plant medicine experiences and my meditation, my yoga practice, all this stuff, it's there for me to transmute and meet and not run away from. So I always try to do that as much as I can. That's great advice and a, a reminder for me. Thank you. Yeah, you're <laughs> Cause I've faced my own challenges in my life. I'm like, okay, nothing is going to be thrown at me that I can't handle. Right. Like you said, um, I just want to speak, hear you speak to music and your band and how how you feel about the vibration of sound and what it means to you and the expression of it, you know? Yep, 100%. Um, so I've always been interested in music. You know, I've always looked up to rock stars. Uh, I felt like it was like like a dream of mine from being a kid because I was so impacted by music that, you know, hey, I'd love to be a rock star. I'd love to to be able to share a gift the way that I'm receiving this gift from this, these musicians. Um, that was already in me, and I was already a massive music fan. Now, after cannabis and psychedelics, that amplified a lot more because while psychedelics... Uh, have an intense, beautiful experience. If you were to just be sitting in silence purely, I don't think it would be nearly as powerful. What I realized is music guides the journey, and music is critical to a to a positive psychedelic experience. Um, and it can actually really throw an experience off if you put the wrong type of music on. So yeah. it, it 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 became, you know. I became aware that music is equally as important in the psychedelic experience as the psychedelic itself, at least for me personally. And I started to see music as sacred, like Mm. just the way I see mushrooms as sacred. I saw music as sacred, like this stuff that we can't really explain. It's just like jumbled notes and sounds that somehow in the right order sounds beautiful and amazing and makes me cry and all this stuff. It's like, you know, it, it was a profound experience to see that the the music was equally as important in these transformative journeys. Um, it, it's always been there for me. It felt like the guide. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like the, the wave I was surfing was the music. And 
I don't think I would have had the same experiences without music. Um, so mm -hmm. it became, you know, aware, I became aware that it was a extremely sacred thing and that I want to work with music as a lifelong mission. So I, we were already in a band, but the band took like a new level after psychedelics. It was like, oh, this is the most important mission, music. Like we can heal ourselves, heal the collective with this stuff. And you don't have to buy it. I mean, you can, you know, of course, please support the musicians, but you know, we know that it's all available for free on the internet these days. So it's, it's kind of like a free thing that, just like the breath, the reason I say I love breath work is it's free, it's, a, it's available, it's right there. You can always call to it. Same thing with music. So um, we got really serious and really, I learned that this term on the Godsy podcast, devoted, you know, I'd never really use that. Um, devoted always had kind of a religious context to me, but but now mm. I understand what Eric was saying. He's like, oh, you were devoted. Sacred. Yeah, yeah, the sacred I was. mission. Yeah. Yes, I was devoted to music and it became the most important mission I was on. We became very, uh, you know, entrenched in the music community here in San Antonio. I was reaching out to people, I was linking with people all the time, building shows with people, collaborating, um, just hanging out, like trying to be really involved in the music scene as much as possible um, to the point that, you know, we we really like penetrated the San Antonio music market as time wheel, um, which is our record label, um, which is a big long story involved in that. But I guess I'm talking more about the band right now. Um, and you know, we played shows, we wrote albums, we have three records out. And then I started solo producing as well, just doing my own thing. Um, because you know, bands are amazing and beautiful, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't want to say conflict, but it, it is kind of like creative conflict. It's kind of like, no, yeah, you, it should be you've this got way. Like four of you chiseling away at the end thing instead of just one sculptor, you know, you're, you're all right. like, and so if you've got to coordinate and communicate between which bits you're chipping off and like yeah. to come up with the Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it, and it's great. And I still, you know, feel like I'm going to be working with these musicians that were, that are the band something fiction for a life for my whole life essentially. But I did also pr start producing solo music, you know, cause it's just me and my direction and where I want to take it. And I've found a lot of fun in that, mm. but I mean, yeah, I mean, music is, it's really hard to describe what it is. I feel like even for a person that's not psychedelically inclined, they, it's, it's hard to describe what music is because it's, it's just think it's, notes that sound good when they're in a proper order you know mm, like it's like a soothing balm for me yeah. like it's yes. um especially when i'm um doing a little cannabis ceremony it, there must be music and yeah, i notice that my body will respond to the frequencies that i'm receiving through the music or through if i'm watching something but music especially it's almost like i'm on for i'm along for the ride now and that's that's the that's the idea i suppose or that's the ideal situation from a musician's point of view i imagine um is that the audience or whoever's receiving the frequencies um surrender to the process of receiving them and will receive whatever the intention is that went into that piece of mm -hmm. art you know yeah yeah taking people for a ride you know yes. that's i think the 
objective of a musician. It's like, hey, how do we take these people for a ride? And one thing that's really interesting that's a more of a new thing for me is creating music that's more easily danceable because I grew up liking metal, prog, you know. What did you like, used to listen to when you were like in your teens? Yeah, you know, a bunch of just the, the alt rock bands, you know. I remember being super big into Tool, um, super big into Nine Inch Nails, um, Audio Slave. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the other band that's Audi- Audio Slave? He, it's the same guy. I'm forgetting. Rage right Against now. Machine. There's oh, no. Rage, um, you know. There's yeah, all all that like stuff I was they play. Chris on Cornell, the yeah. Yeah, Chris, he's freaking mm. amazing. But all mm. the alt rock stuff. Deftones. You know, oh, love Deftones, hundred percent. Love them. So that's what I grew up. But that's not really dance music, you know. Yeah. It's it's definitely like journey that's music. Emotional, like ah, yes. life. Ah. Yes, exactly. Which is and really also, important like, when you're a teenager. Someone understands me, music. You know what yes, I mean? Like, yes. I felt like, oh, these people get it. They get the emotions I'm going through. They get the process of growing up. They get the process of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like, they get the, you know, like the longing for someone, like a partner, you know, when you're a single person and these types of things. Like, I was really connecting to the messages. Um, What's the one the song that you remember, like, would bring you all the emotions up for you? Oh, there's a ton, man. <laughs> um, I mean, if we want to talk Deftones, I think there's a song called Cherry Waves. Yes. That one always hit mm-hmm. me. That one always hit me. There's a Foo Fighters, a whole the whole Color and the Shape album by Foo mm-hmm. Fighters was mm-hmm. like an emotional roller coaster for me. But there was like a song, um, maybe it's called Hero or something like that. But it's, it's um, a very transcendent, like final scene hero yeah. thing. And that really brought it all up in me and would make me choke me up. But I never, I never used to let myself really have a good cry. Mm-hmm. Um, back then but now i just yeah. let the floodgates open and i'm like all oh, right take yeah me. i've i've learned that through the mushrooms it's funny how much i cry on a mushroom journey but it's not bad and i think terence mckenna said this he said um you know what it looks like people are going through on a psychedelic may not be what they're going through at all it's funny because you could find someone in the fetal position crying you know, looking like they're having a terrible time and you'll go check on them and they're like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, I've, I've, um, I've been a watcher for a couple of five gram ceremonies where, mm -hmm. um, where I'll take a gram and yeah, just help sit, be like a support for a group. And it's so interesting to, as I discover also quite how sensitive I am to energy and other people's energy, there's so much of me that wants to like help someone it through a trip. And the last thing you want to be doing as a trip sitter is like, unless the person is losing their mind is like interfering mm-hmm. with their journey. Um, it's often futile anyway. And that's maybe that people pleaser that wants to come through and like help you guide your trip. But it's like, right. you've got to hands off and let the mushrooms do the, do the talking. Yeah. I've said the same thing, you know, and I, I don't really consider myself a trip sitter as much as just like a cope, like a participant with someone. Um, mm. Usually I take the same amount as people and this type of thing. But when people would kind of look to me worried, oh, my God, like this is intense. What do I do? Mm. I didn't want to, like, give them a whole spiel. I, I wanted to mm-hmm. just say, just ride with it, man. 
That's it. That's all you do. You yeah. just ride it. Don't just put it up it. here. You don't want to right. intellectualize it. Just like let it move. Right. Mm. That's it. It's always a simple explanation for me. Oh, just just relax. Just lay down. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. a couple words. I don't want to give them, oh, your soul is calling. Yeah. Like all this and that. No, like fuck I, that. They have to come to that. You know yeah. what I mean? No one can tell you, let your soul speak to you. It has to just come through. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure there are people that, um, I'm sure there are people who are do, do like channel and receive messages for people. But I also feel like, especially in the, the shaman psychedelic space, there's a lot of ego going around. Like there's a lot of people. So if you're listening to this, um, I'm sure a bunch of my audience are listening to this who have maybe tried psychedelics or might be interested in trying psychedelics. Um, my my advice is like, uh, well, the classic advice is like set and setting. So like your mindset and the setting, the people you are with, the music you're listening to, the how the mindsets are of the people you're with. Like, are you ready for that? Um, the environment. So, yeah. But yeah. also just to um, be aware of like, there's a lot of shamans who probably aren't shouldn't be like <clears throat> shamaning sure so, yeah yep well i just had a big podcast on my own show about this with uh, my friend clementine who is a facilitator and she's a great one mm. um and we talked a lot about you know the naivete that people might have after a few psychedelic experiences because they are so healing and so profound um, that the, the psychedelic space itself can almost encourage that you share this with other people. But the thing that it doesn't tell you is, you know, when to know you're ready for that. That's something you have to align with within yourself. And what my friend Clem said, which I thought was gorgeous, is it literally has to fall into your lap to start serving ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like people asking you, showing up for it constantly like you can't say no at 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 a point um Mm -hmm. when you're forcing it and you're trying to make this thing happen and it's not and you're like i'm gonna try harder and it's not happening and i'm gonna try harder and it's not happening that's not your path Mm -hmm. like if people aren't paying you or not showing up or the invites aren't hitting people well like it's it's okay you're not supposed to be a shaman you're not supposed to be a facilitator yeah. You're not supposed to hold ceremony. Just do it for yourself. Do it with your friends. Like that's for me. I feel like that's my role currently. Cause I, while I have a good sense of what's going on in that space and can help navigate uh, through it and help maybe others through it as well. I don't feel called to start serving and getting paid to be a shaman at all. Like is, is in, entrenched as I am in this culture it is not something that calls me, you know, I feel much more like the vibe curator, like the music guy, the DJ, the, the creative director, you know, I feel way Mm -hmm. more like that. And you can't do 10 things and expect any of them to take off. You have to choose Mm -hmm. one thing or, you know, or maybe two or three, but not 10. You can't do everything under the sun just because you're inspired. And that Mm -hmm. was a big lesson I had to learn too, because I get downloads that say, oh, I'm good at this thing. I'm gifted at this thing. I should do that thing. But guess what? If you spread yourself in 10 directions, you're not going to do any of them good. So you have to choose. You know, you have to choose one, two, maybe three, if you're really talented, things Mm -hmm. that you can do. And that's why I say I'm a musician and creative director. 
and you know um a psychonaut and these types of things because i those are the couple things i find that i'm attracted to and i have a gift in mm-hmm. um i'm not just a musician and only musician maybe if i was i would be going further and making leaps and bounds in that but um i enjoy it and it feels like a leisure and like a hobby and like a passion but uh, i also really feel drawn to this creative director path of let's make some films let's make some animations let's create a movie you know Mm. let's make a script you know these types of things what's um what's some stuff that you've worked on yeah i know you've worked were you you were involved with dmt quest and a little i I think i I promoted that that's all i did for that um i'm much more i've been much more involved in several other psychedelic films um spirit molecule Yeah, the spirit molecule, I came in after the film was made, so I really had nothing to do with the creation of that film. But I did have to do with spreading the message of that film to a much wider audience through social media. um, Crucial role. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel super grateful to get that experience under my belt. But I did uh, edit and help release the Aubrey Marcus Ayahuasca film as Mm -hmm. well as the Aubrey Marcus Wachuma film, um, as well as I was involved as a producer in um, several other films, and I did social media for several other films in the psychedelic space as well, some of which are A New Understanding, The Science of Psilocybin, um, Mm. From Shock to Awe, The Way of the Psychonaut, uh, psychedelica i wasn't an editor on that i just helped to release that uh, that's my friend ben's um mm. and yeah i don't know i'm just really drawn to the art form that is film and i've always been and i guess as far as what i've done on an independent level like just me uh i kind of was a youtuber not unlike yourself um, from the ages of 13 to 18. And one of my biggest things that took off was a documentary where I, it was very indie, indie made. It, it's not professional by any means, but we went to Area 51 in the middle of the Nevada desert and we caught some crazy happenings there. And Rad. it ended up going mega viral on YouTube. Like if Sick. you search Area 51, oh yeah, thanks, please do. If you search Area 51, like my mine was on the first page and it had millions and millions and millions of plays. I film everything, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. all the journeys we go on, trips we go on. And I feel much more like a vlogger than um, mm-hmm. I, I actually want to become more of like a film director. And I'm actually working on a couple of secret projects in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the first kind of step into that world and you know i I vlog for my brother's uh company sheath which is uh, a men's apparel brand and an underwear brand and i still need to try those yeah we Um, should send you some you've piqued my interest with um the way that you promote them on your podcast (laughs) totally (laughs) it's a great product It, it really is a revolutionary design um for men's underwear a little pouch for your boys as you say that's it Yep. It's genius, you know, and I'm like, how did no one else think of this? You know, my brother literally thought of it and had enough passion to bring it to the world in a big way. And, Mm. you know, we're doing great as a company and it really keeps us all afloat and keeps us doing the creative work we love to do from. I'd love to try them. Yeah, we'll send you some. Mm. You send me your address after this and I'll I'll get you a care pack. Done. 
<laughs> awesome. Let's um, do it. Okay, some, something else I wanted to ask you about is, and something that I've been on a journey of, I suppose, is um, understanding myself as an artist and how to go about, um, or just myself as a human being, expressing myself either through art or just in the way I go about life, like from a place of authenticity. I've been like going inwards to be like, okay, I think a, a lot of people, when they have like an ego disillusion, um, they realize like, oh, this person that I thought I was is actually just a story and sort of a fabrication of all the things that have happened to me and my opinions about things, but that's not actually who I am. So then we go inwards and we're like, okay, well, who the fuck am I? Because now I've got to find something to grab onto. And from hopefully a more authentic place, I can express myself and be in relationship with my environment and other people and stuff. But particularly around art as an artist, mm-hmm. um, when we're listening to that those 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 pieces of artwork, those music tracks that are like really ev- the reason they're evoking so much emotion in us is because it's like meeting that part of us inside, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and what I'm what I'm trying to do is express myself from a more authentic place, basically, and going for more real. Like, what's the realest part of me? Um, what does that feel like to you? What does that look like in your expression? Yeah. So for, for me as a musician, I have been very drawn towards vocals and lyrics. Um, I am also just drawn towards music and synthesizers and drums and these types of things. But I feel like what the bands I always looked up to did lyrically is, say these kind of hard truths that are deep and they mean something to you and you kind of have to have no fear as to how other people will take it you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. and i have a you know ton of lyrics and stuff like that i've written that aren't things i would normally put out there in a normal conversation it's like it's like something that just means something really deep and impactful to me it's like the most vulnerable part of yourself vulnerable absolutely Mm. vulnerability that's it it's being willing to be vulnerable and to say the things and to scream the things and yell the things and sing the things and express yeah just express it out without any filter hopefully yes without a filter so that's That's the authenticity is like the lack of filter rather than putting on authenticity you take off the filter yep that's it. Okay. And I, I don't use the exact same thing through my podcast. Um, I am f- super vulnerable, but it's not about being provocative in my podcast. It's just about being honest. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. with these music, with this music stuff, with the lyric stuff, you can kind of be, sar- be, uh, yeah, provocative, dramatic, you know, yeah. kind of uh, ec- a little extra, you know, add a little extra spice to that and yeah. say it in a certain way and, you know, mm. these types of things. But yeah, absolutely the vulnerability to say the things you really, that are really like your soul, are the things that are really bubbling up in your soul um, has been extremely therapeutic and help me understand myself because sometimes you don't even know where these things are coming from until you lay it down on a track and listen to it afterwards. And you say, Oh, I'm getting a download about myself. Even though I said this and I wrote this, I didn't even know what I meant when I said, and I wrote it, but now that I'm hearing it back, I know what it means. You know? So you've written a song for yourself. Yes. To listen to. 
I yeah. resonate with that a lot. I um I I I've paused it for now, and um, well I have I have a, a Patreon community, and for a while I was doing voice notes to them in a Telegram group, and I'd get into a bit of a flow state with my voice notes, and um or I'd make a video for them, like exclusive content for them. And usually I'd search a little bit deeper and get a bit more vulnerable and maybe put something out there that I wouldn't put on YouTube. I'd just get torn apart on YouTube. And um, I often would watch the video back, sometimes when I'm high as well, and then sit there and be like, this is this is literally for me like I, yeah. I, this download was for me it wasn't it doesn't come from me to be shared it was for me in the first place and i yes. can i always do then share it afterwards but just to acknowledge that it's for me and that it's not it's the, my ego that's like i've got the wisdom like yeah. i'm i'm creating this beautiful thing for you yeah. and you can only get that through me you know yeah all <clears throat> ego and i suppose like the, an authentic artist will be like I don't know. I just channeled this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Came through me. Mm. Totally. I had that firsthand experience on one of my earlier psychedelic experiences. I actually did a solo trip on mm. two hits of LSD and I went to the park and I found my sacred spot and I smoked mm. some cannabis and I listened to an album I had wrote. Uh, it's called Botany by Something Fiction, which is our band. Dude, I have and to listen to your band now. Is it on Spotify? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, please do. Um, And in the profound revelation that came to me through the combination of being in a sacred spot in nature, the molecule, LSD, and the cannabis, I heard the music and I realized I had this profound download that I had written it for me for this moment. And that was the grand epiphany what of yeah yeah it's crazy it's, <laughs> it, it was insane because what happened and everything i said as a fantastical lyric driven thing it actually happened there so i have a song called the sky um on the on the earlier thing the sky is changing it's rearranging um i've never seen it this way these are the lyrics i'm saying and it was at the time of writing it a an, an encapsulation of another previous experience, but mm-hmm. on this LSD experience, it happened again in a bigger way, led by mm-hmm. my own voice. So I was creating this experience by writing the music prior, finding myself in the sacred space that the molecule LSD and the cannabis plant and nature honestly i think nature was just an equal part of it i had to be in nature in a sacred Mm. spot the setting um Mm. it it all yeah it was it was extremely profound i was crying i was in pretty much an extended dmt state i really felt like i was on a dmt trip for two hours straight um seeing all the the lyrics that i had written come to life right before me in a bigger more profound way than i had ever meant it to be Mm mm-hmm and it was powerful. So yes, it is creation for yourself and you don't even realize it at the time, but later, and, and this is what I love about music is it's an archive of your emotions that you can later look back to and realize where you were. It's like, yeah. oh, like I know where I was mentally during the year that this was released because it's all right here. It's all in the music. 
you know it's mm-hmm. all in the sounds even like the sounds that i would create through my music um spoke to to where i was and what was interesting to me and where my mental space was and these types of things and mm-hmm. i'm in a very different place now i wouldn't make the music that i made back then now at all by any means mm. but it's awesome to get to remember where i was by listening to that stuff again and a hundred percent check in it's like a this is a mark in the sand of where i am at in my life yes. and this is a total expression of it 100%. and so so beautiful to have received um an experience like a moment where all the elements your consciousness the um the sort of projected um connection i suppose rather to the song that you've written and of course in the inner psychedelic space all coming to merge into a divine moment of like everything's perfect yep you're exactly where you're supposed to be the divine yep that's it that's what the psychedelics teach me and show me is everything is going according to plan everything is in divine timing i'm exactly where i need to be and i've gone through exactly what i've need to gone go through to to continue to evolve you know yes love that yeah 100 percent um do you what advice do you have for any humans that might be listening to this that are like i want to express myself authentically as a musician as a writer as a filmmaker photographer any kind of artist like what's Mm -hmm. the process that what's what are some key aspects of the process of like connecting with that true self within and expressing from that place yeah the first thing that it took me a long time to get over but i think it was the biggest hump that i got over is don't take it too seriously have fun you know like because i think it's easy it's an easy trap to fall into to hear music that inspires you let's say deftones and Mm -hmm. say i want to do that i want to sound like that well dude deftones that's you know maybe the album you're thinking of is their third album you're not going to come out of the gate the way deftones did on their third album Mm -hmm. not only that but there's probably a million dollars worth of production on that album engineers amps gear sleepless nights like a year of like devotion people think they're going to come out of the gate and sound as good as their heroes that's not going to be the case and don't put that expectation Mm -hmm. on yourself because you can't get to that place without starting where you are now so having Mm -hmm. fun just making something to make it don't think about the kudos you're going to get when it comes out and how people are going to look at you and how cool you're going to be when your album's out don't think about that do it for the fun of it do it Mm -hmm. for yourself do it for practice you know and and if you do put it out and it and it gets plays and people love it great but that's not the the intention from the beginning if you do that as the intention from the beginning you're going to be people pleasing through your creative process and that isn't going to be authentic you know what i mean so just to to do it just to do it you know what i mean just start and make a song and make five songs and make 20 songs and maybe you won't even have a song that you feel is good enough to release by song 20 but mm-hmm. at least now you're better in in your craft and you have a higher chance and skill set to create that first song that you do put out by beginning so yeah. don't take it too serious you know i think people have such crazy high expectations 
that they're going to become the next big thing, the next rapper, the next Skrillex, the next whatever, like when you start producing. Mm -hmm. And that is just, uh, it's a limitation. And rather just create something that feels right. And here's the thing. Don't e- if you're having trouble coming up with words and you're a singer, don't say words. Just sing. Just sing melody. Just say, oh, 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 oh. Just go off on the, on the O's, the woes, you know, like. Just the, use the voice somehow. Use the voice. To, and what's crazy the wo- language is, can complicate it a little bit and then it's yeah. going to have meaning and it's got to rhyme or whatever. But just right. get, the, get the voice box going. Right. And then what's crazy is you can actually draft out a full melody for a song and come back and add the words. But like if you're trying to do the words first and you you won't get far enough in it to even you'll drop the project because it's not Mm. coming to you. If you just make it and then lay down some melodies. So, so many times I've done that. And then I come back and I say, oh, I could put these words over that melody and it works perfectly. And now I'm creating a song that I feel amped about, you know? Yeah, I, so. I feel like I, I don't write music. And I feel like there's music in me that will want to be expressed at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And one of my goals is to uh, find myself in it with enough time to learn how to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I really enjoy, like, desert techno kind of um, music. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but I'm sometimes I'm listening to a beat that doesn't have any kind of mu- any kind of lyrics over the top of it, mm-hmm. and the way it makes me feel, lyrics come from that space. So maybe yeah. it's like also a case of like creating the vibe of the general song, yeah. and then getting in touch with that vi- vibe, and then allowing the the lyrics to sort of harmonize with it, with it. I guess. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been cases where lyrics came to me first, but more often than not the song came first and the song reflected back to me what I was intending to create lyrically from anyway. So, so yes, like the tones themselves, getting the tones out and then realizing when it comes back to you, like what it does to you, it can absolutely inspire lyrics at that point. Um, And another thing I wanted to say is don't get crazy with the, like the, the quality, like needing it to sound like a million dollar record just record with what you have and start there because people get trapped in this gear trap where now they need $5,000 worth of gear to begin. And Mm. it's going to take you six months to amass that. And you're not going to create in the meantime, that Mm. isn't how it's supposed to be. Create with what you have, even if it's your phone, just record Mm. voice memos on your phone. If you don't have a studio, if you don't have a guitar yet, if you don't have a drum set yet, if you don't have a synthesizer mm. yet, or these programs like Ableton or Pro Tools, just start creating because the creation inspires you to the point to continue on the path and keep creating instead of putting into the future. And I felt for this trap myself, which was we wrote Botany. And then I said, the next album has to be so much better. I need way better gear. And then it was like a whole year before I even started recording again because I was just working my ass off in my day job to get the money to get the gear. And then by the point that I got the gear, I'd lost the inspiration. So, Ah. you know what I mean? And it's like, so now I'm not inspired. I have all the gear, but I'm not inspired anymore. I should have just stuck with that inspiration and kept recording for this past year with the shit I wrote Mm -hmm. botany with. And I would have a whole new album by now. 
amazing and yeah. what's the because there's kind of the two two aspects of music as well it's like it's the recording but then there's also the performance yeah. side of things so like did you guys do live shows as well i imagine we did yes uh, i'm currently only doing live shows as a dj um cool. and and i'm doing ecstatic dance actually which i'd love to talk about but but Please. back during yeah that back during the band days we were gigging mm. like every other week maybe even every week and that was just magic you know what i mean like i feel like it was um the shaman trance is when you're performing live like you fall into it because at that point hopefully you know these songs like the back of your hand you're not even playing them they're playing themselves i'm not even singing it's singing itself you know i'm in a trance and like you're getting out the way of it yes it comes through better it feels like you're on stage for five minutes and it's been an hour because mm. you're not even there it's like yo what happened they're like you killed it and i'm like i did <laughs> I wasn't even here. Like, what happened? Like, where did the songs go? You know, <laughs> you fall into this trance with it, and it's extremely powerful. And I feel like the more into it you are, the more into it the audience is. So to get out of your way, you know, practice a bunch before you go perform live. And again, let these songs be like the back of your hand. Don't go perform mm -hmm. a song that you're struggling with. You know, just keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing, and then play your show you know um mm -hmm. and practice is great it's a great ritual to have if you have bandmates you know it's a good bonding experience good communal experience set a day every week every tuesday at seven we're practicing and we had to actually get really serious with each other and call each other out because sometimes people wouldn't come to the band practice and we would yeah. you know kind of jokingly lightheartedly say if you don't come at 7 p.m you don't give a shit about the band <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do whatever it takes to get their commitment on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and we didn't, almost like, yeah. we weren't mad at each other, but we had to say it in a serious way, and mm -hmm. even a joking way. You're out of the band if you don't come to practice. You know, you weren't actually out. We're just saying that to get you motivated. You know what Fine, I mean? Fine, I quit. That's, I quit the band. <laughs> and we've had those too. I quit the next day. They call you. So when are we practicing? You know, it's, <laughs> that's the funny brotherhood of of being in a band. And also uh, artists are notably unpredictable and emotional and dramatic. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's what makes them great. Absolutely. And, you know, sticking with your brothers and stuff when they didn't show up and they said they would and call them and be patient. Hey, we're still here at practice if you can come. You know, like we always mm -hmm. were very patient with each other. And I think that that is a good thing and a, and a large part of like the brotherhood that is a band is, you know, being endlessly patient with each other, um, yeah. and, and learning with each other. And I remember the band tool saying this in an interview and I didn't get it at the time, but now I totally get it is it's kind of like a marriage, you know, like, or it's kind of like a relationship. Like if you have a girlfriend, you know, sometimes you're not always on the same page, but you hold empathy with where they're at because you love them. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a very similar thing. For sure. Yeah, I suppose if someone's not showing up to band practice, rather than being angry at them, even though you might be feeling angry, to mm -hmm. express to them rather like, um, it's just better when you're here. Yeah. As opposed to fuck you, you didn't show up. Like, right. It's better 100%. when you're that here. That doesn't get you anywhere because then you don't have a band anymore if you just get mad at each other. You know, yeah. and everyone wants a band. That's why we're in this shit. You know. So. <laughs> but right, um, dude. and tell ecstatic, me about ecstatic dance. Ecstatic dance. Mm. Yes. So. Funny story, for the first probably 25 years of my life, the most dance I could muster is head bobbing. 
like this. That's my dance. If I'm feeling it, this is what I'm doing. That's you, like 25 years. It. And I thought that that was like dope. I was like, oh, hell yeah, head bob, hell yeah. You know what I mean? But after an experience with the heart medicine, MDMA, um, oh, yeah. I had mm. a very profound experience where there was, it was a candlelit ceremony. I found my shadow on the wall. And as I danced, the, you know, I, I, I found my shadow and, and I could see how cool the shadow looked kind of disassociated from that. It was me. And it was a crazy profound experience in realizing what that shadow's doing looks awesome. But I could never admit to myself that I would look awesome dancing. So it had mm. to be this like disassociated experience almost of, oh, whatever the shadow's doing is beautiful and cool and I love it. And then I had to realize it was me. You know, it was it was trippy, but it unlocked That's so me. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it it unlocked me to understanding that you're not being judged when you dance. Yeah. Like so many people think they look funny they look weird they're doing it wrong they're embarrassing themselves when you're dancing in public it's meant to be a certain way and you're not doing it that way yeah. right and that's not it at all mm -hmm. and you know i remember in this the ceremony uh it was a very intentional ceremony it wasn't like let's pop mdma and go to a rave it was this is an inner work ceremony and um i remember looking back to some of the participants uh, in the ceremony that were holding space for me and I said, am I bothering you guys as I'm dancing? And, and they're like, no, not at all. And I'm like, you're sure? Like, I'm not bothering you by doing this? <laughs> they're like, get it, dog. You, you're killing <laughs> it. Like, I love you, man. And I was like, wow. So I have permission to let this, this, these movements flow through my body mm. and the, the music to move me. And I started to realize that that's what, mu what dancing is. It's allowing the music to move you. You're not moving yourself. You're not trying. You're just allowing it to flow. Mm -hmm. It's almost like your nervous system gets hooked up to the music and you and you ride the waves like through your body. Yeah. So that was a profound experience for me. And I realized I actually love dance. Um, I felt kind of silly that I had never embraced it because of how much I actually loved it at age 25. Mm -hmm. Um, that I started sharing this story and, and uh, you know, in the band scene, I wasn't the only head bobber. A bunch of people were that way. And I would try to show them how to unlock and just be myself and just be vulnerable and authentic in my movement. And I would show other people how to dance. And I'm actually a yoga teacher as well. Um, and wow. I started having this download that dance is yoga and yoga is dance. And um, I realized I could actually teach people yoga by leading ecstatic dance. So we, and, and I also found that there was this perfect harmony with my passion for music and my passion for yoga, and they coalesce in the workshop of ecstatic dance. Wow. Um, so literally, I've only been ecstatic dance teaching or instructing or, you know, space holding for less than a year but it has been so powerful and the amount of gratitude I receive after I do that and the hugs and the love has been just so rewarding 
um, mm-hmm. that it really feels like part of my path. And I, if you've never been to an ecstatic dance, I highly encourage it. Um, in these spaces, we really work with the medicine, um, like cacao, mm-hmm. um, and not alcohol. While alcohol can loosen you up, it usually is in a different type of dance. Like cacao, yeah, it's like a bit of a dissociative. Really, like yes. cacao brings you right into here. Yeah, yeah, it's heart centered mm. um, and community oriented. I think alcohol. It's funny because we get it really confused because it feels community oriented because you drink with people, but it mm. really just strengthens your ego and and creates division, and you're trying to argue your thing. Where cacao, it does loosen you up, but it feels so much more of an empathy feeling. So much more of a heart open empathy, I love you feeling, not this is my way and mm-hmm. it's my way or the highway. I feel like when you drink alcohol, and especially if you have a couple beers, like let's say four to five mm-hmm. um, or five glasses of wine, these types of things, you're, you know, you're less receptive to other people. Um, so we don't yeah, drink so like a bit drink. of an energetic buffer. Hey, y- yes. Um, mm, I yes. find cacao also to be quite a stimulant. I get quite a lot of energy. Oh yeah. Heart it's rate comes caffeine up. In it. Mm, and mm-hmm. yeah, f- certainly bursts open the heart space for me. hundred um, percent. I, and I've here's had a something couple I, of, I, Oh, sorry. No, go, 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 go. I just wanted to say it takes, at least it took me 20 times of drinking cacao for the full level of it to unlock. And it almost reminded me of the first time that I smoked cannabis, I didn't feel it. The first like five times I smoked cannabis, I didn't feel it. Um, It was like the sixth time, I feel like your body doesn't know how to receive the proper uh, altered state because it just hasn't done it yet. You have to teach your body how to receive them, you know, like the chemicals and the medicine. Um, so you might drink a cow and not feel anything and just say, this is bitter, dark chocolate, or this is like bitter, hot cocoa or whatever it is. Keep trying it. And by maybe times five to 20, you'll get the experience we're talking about, because I, yeah. I feel like it's, it's hard for people to understand how chocolate can be a, uh, psychedelic experience almost, mm-hmm. but it can be if you stick with it for sure. Again, in combination with the set and setting and intention like the intention of drinking this ultimately like drink of the gods like cacao um, especially if it's ceremony grade cacao where it's been um, intentionally grown organic intentionally harvested and blessed and um yeah and then fortunately for us shipped all over the world and yep that that kind of ceremony grade cacao really is on a whole nother level to just like hot chocolate yeah or even non-ceremony grade cacao but my experience with it has been yeah just just almost like an mdma experience where i'm just like feeling very lovey and very very open and receptive um, bright and bright and just very compassionate and forgiving yeah yes Uh, and non-judgmental of myself Yes. Yeah, which is perfect for ecstatic dance. I've never combined ecstatic. I've done a few sound journeys and cacao. And um, I did a cacao cannabis breathwork journey, mm-hmm. which was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I've done a couple of ecstatic dance ceremonies. But I feel like I do ecstatic dance most times that I um, smoke cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I do it on my own with these exact headphones on. 
mm-hmm. and just around this cabin and I'm moving in ways that I would almost never move if anybody was watching me. Totally. And I feel like so conf- self-confident and full of myself. And I've, I've also been on this path from being like the head bobber. Yeah. And it's funny because my, my sister is a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. She's um, into performing arts and she went to Lane's Dance College, which is some of one of the top dance colleges in the UK. And then she toured with the musical Wicked. She was one of the main dancers on the Wicked tour. And so I'd always watch her and be like, wow, it's incredible the way you can move your body and to the music and your your physical body is the expression of that is it is the art you are the art and yeah. but it never really connected um w- with me until actually yeah mdma at a music festival and then i just didn't give a fuck what anybody else was thinking right. about me and i just right. moved my body and let my like you say nervous system hook onto the sound yep and i was like okay the DJ can take the wheel from here. I'm on board. Wherever the yeah. ship is going, I'm moving with it. And yep. that's that's a beautiful experience. So you yep. DJ as well at these ecstatic dance parties. Cool. Yes, we curate the music. Do you bring any breathwork in? Um, so the breathwork's really only at the end. Um, okay. You know, you know, actually, it's a little bit at the beginning too. Um, when we, we start the ceremony, we kind of we put some very ambient music on for the first track. It doesn't have a beat yet. It's just kind of like, okay, here's the vibe. Here's, you know, uh, it has begun. Let's start to group together. Let's start to sync together. And we haven't done this every ecstatic dance. Sometimes we just let the music start it off and we say, welcome, we're time wheel. We're going to ecstatic dance. Like we give them a little couple words, but on a couple of the more profound ones. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I do more of these, uh, what's working better. Um, at the beginning, we had people tune in kind of like you would in a yoga class where you take three breaths and then let's get into it. And certainly at the end, it's important to bring everyone to a stop, a standstill, almost like a standing Shavasana in yoga, mm-hmm. you know, which is the corpse pose where you just kind of be relaxed, let the energy flow through and let things integrate into your body after having raised all that energy up. And mm-hmm. then you do a couple breaths as well. But we haven't done like Wim Hof breath during ecstatic dance. So we, we feel like Wim Hof is very much like a seated thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, breath of fire is very much like a seated thing because you can kind of get dizzy and you don't really want to be standing. Yeah, you want to be that. laying down if you're going to go that deep. Mm. Totally, totally. Mm. But yes, um, I wanted to say something. I'm trying to remember what it was about. Oh, yeah. The MDMA experience that you had at the festival where you just didn't give a fuck what people thought about you. The integration of that is super important to not need MDMA to feel that way because it actually makes you a stronger person to not care how other people are perceiving you. Um, And it's a big to do that. Say it again. Not not just to say, oh, I don't care what this person said. Well, if you say that, but like, are you quite happy to just dance with no MDMA? And yeah. really not care like, that. So that's what I'm action. trying to say okay. is don't care how people are perceiving your movements and you can dance anytime, anywhere. And that's mm-hmm. what I love is so much of what people struggle with, with dancing is they're afraid what people will think of them. But what's funny is it's always the opposite. Well, not always, but I mean, for the, for the most part, people are actually inspired by the fact you don't care and that you're dancing mm-hmm. and they look up to you. Instead yeah, of thinking, oh, slips. what a loser. He's making the wrong dance move. They don't think that. They think, 
oh, he's getting it. He's having a good time. I wish I could do mm -hmm. that. So by yeah. doing that, you inspire other people. So many times since that experience I told you about where I, I learned how to dance, I've been mm -hmm. the first person on the dance floor now. Yes, And man. that's something I never would have done ever. And the craziest part is that some of these Austin, Texas dance parties, when I'm the first person up there, I've inspired, and this is something new to me to get actually like attention from, from gorgeous females. Mm. I've inspired beautiful women to come and dance with me. I've literally danced with like five beautiful women at the same time by being the, the first, first, there. Early first worm. person there. Early worm. Yeah. Early, <laughs> Early bird gets the worm. And, and you know, I'm in a relationship and I'm not looking to, mm. uh, you know, flirt with these people or anything, but it was just like, it's a new experience to, to get that attention, you know, mm. because I've always felt like kind of a nerdy guy or whatever. I am a nerd, you know, that's why I sit behind a computer all day and do the stuff I do. Um, but, <laughs> I'm just saying like that vulnerability and also um, confidence that I don't care how y'all are perceiving me. I'm going to go be the first person to dance. That's what the music's here for. Like I, I think and that's also, what people are attracted to the most, isn't it? It's like confidence yeah. just to own yeah. it. Just, it yes. And also I'm a DJ, so thing. I know how important it is for that dude to feel like he's doing a good job and people are enjoying it and dancing. So I'll be the first person. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I know where you're at, bro. And you want people out here vibing. You hate when people are standing in the back. Cause <laughs> I, you know, like, so I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm with you, bro. And I'll go up and I'll dance with the DJ just by himself. And then I turn around and then all of a sudden gorgeous women have flocked to the dance floor. Yes. Okay. It's working. And that brings more guys. And then all of a sudden it's a party. We're all here flowing together. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. And all you had to do is like get out of your own way yep. and give other people permission to do the same. A hundred percent. So you just 100%. so invited to my wedding one day. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had, um, downloads around when, when my partner and I have been, uh, at music festivals together. And I was just thinking like, a what a great, um, what, what a, well different but i in my from my perspective greater experience if people weren't drinking like if if there was an, a no alcohol festival mm -hmm. going on of yeah. course people must do what they want and certainly like um I'm, I'm not i i enjoy the odd drink here and there i don't really drink that much but like n and no judgment but ecstatic ecstatic dance parties are that it's like the um no ex what's the word exogenous substances Mm -hmm. It's all coming from the inside mm -hmm. and people can really, I can really have that experience of just pure bliss and mm -hmm. ecstasy without the ecstasy, without the drugs, just from shifting energy that wants to be shifted in this like stiff masculine body that's just been in the gym or like, and then refused to feel my feelings for many years. It's like there's a stiffness in me. And to move that and like loosen it up, a lot of energy yeah. comes through. And I process, I've noticed that I process emotions in bliss and joy as much as I do in sadness. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like the same thing mm -hmm. in, in my experience. And sometimes, yeah, when I'm having a good dance and I really let myself move and I really connect to like a really transcendent song that's lifting me, lifting me, lifting me, it's like, and then I have a nice little cry and I'm like, life is fucking excellent. <laughs> and I think you say that you're not a shaman, dude. 
but <laughs> you <laughs> you're a yoga teacher you're a dj you're a dance encourager you're a psychonaut you're a space holder you you seem to be ticking all the boxes and, and let me not put the word shaman on you sure but it's um, I suppose I'm just grateful that there are people like yourself and that you're here on planet Earth during these crazy times to actually just be the calm, like grounded um, presence that is required as people move through the chaos of their medicine journey or the chaos of learning to la dance or mm -hmm. whatever's coming up for them in yoga or just the chaos of being a human during these times. We need more people like yourself coming online because you, you haven't always been like this from what i understand right you've come online through your through your darkness and yeah. um that's from from the perspective that you have now it's like oh thank fuck for the darkness because it's brought me to where i am right now 100%. and yeah so just reverence and gratitude for you brother for everything that you're doing everything you're creating i'm so excited to call you an internet friend yes <laughs> and absolutely an internet soul tribe member and um i look forward to us meeting in the physical for sure one day absolutely um, yes. yeah and you're very very inspiring to me dude like especially with Thank the music you. stuff and the djing and the ecstatic dance i'm like ah, what else can i get my teeth stuck into matt's mm -hmm. doing it <laughs> you know? well it's mm. an honor to inspire others you know because i've been inspired so for me it's just that you know i grab the torch and pass the torch you know and just mm -hmm. keep doing that because I don't know. I, I feel very grateful that I've fallen into this path or it's found me or, or however it's happened because, uh, again, um, I was depressed and it took that um, shift for me to see how differently I see now. I don't consider myself a victim very often. Um, I've got a very, like, kind of clear understanding of karma i feel um the psychedelics have shown me my karma and why things come back to me in the way they do good and bad and it's all to do with me and i stop blaming outside things i stop blaming outside people i stop blaming outside circumstances and i take ownership for all the good and the bad and um learn from my mistakes and try to not continue repeating them because that doesn't that's not evolution to continue repeating the same mistakes over and over. And I think we're here to evolve, you know? Mm, I was literally just going to sort of finish off this um, epic podcast with a, a question around like, what is your understanding of consciousness? And um, do you feel like we will see in our lifetime? What do you feel like we might see in our lifetime in terms of evolution of humanity? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do feel like consciousness is linked to the creative force. And creative force can be looked at as, yes, the arts, but also creating relationships, creating a beautiful mm. life, creating life. health, mm. creating, you can cre it's like our innate nature is to create and some people will just create more humans that's cool you know like that's that's the household that's path. needed yeah also. Like we need absolutely to continue the species it is but i i think that the highest 
thing that evolution is is looking for is better and better creation um, to keep us in harmony with that what we are, that which we are, which is we are nature. We are a part of nature. We're not separate from it. And we need to create systems that keep us linked to what we are so that we don't detach ourselves because that is not going to work for us um, to detach ourselves from nature and become, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, a cyborg. away, yeah. yeah. I feel like we're, we're, we've been on a path for a while of like moving further and further away from the truth of our intrinsic like connectivity to nature especially mm -hmm. and, and each everything other. really and each other yeah each other um, it's just so important because everything's trying to divide us especially through social media and all these you know this side that side left right whatever like everything's trying to make us seem like we're separate from each other and we're not we're, we're the same mm. thing you know that's what dmt and even 5meo dmt teaches you is and yoga i mean yoga means union and it is mm. the remembrance that we're all the same person. We're all the same being. We're all the same consciousness emitting from the same source, just being expressed through different bodies. And yeah. so to hate your brother is to hate yourself. And we're not going to align with everybody. We're not going to be best friends that's with okay. everybody. And that's okay. We need a bit of resistance. But don't hate then. them. You know, don't yeah. hate them. Hold space for yeah. them in their path. Yeah. And I don't know, just create the highest version of yourself. And um, Eric Godsey says this, and I'm definitely giving him the credit because I've, I've learned this from him. But it's about the acorn. You know, the acorn knows it's programmed inside of it that it's going to become an oak tree. And in order to become the oak tree, it has to smash out of the seed. That's a destructive process. It has to push. It takes place in the darkness as well takes place in the darkness and it has to it has to break the shell that it's operating in to grow outside of and that's what i mean to say create the highest version of yourself because it's not going to just be given to you on a silver platter it takes mm -hmm. work you have to show up every day to this work and just make a little bit of progress if you make just a little progress every day you'll be surprised how much it adds up over the course of a year and two years and five years and ten years all of a sudden you've got the life you've been wanting and it's worth it to go after. So that's, that would be my message. Thank you, man. Thank you. Bro. Yeah. It feels that the visualization I'm getting is sort of like a, um, the profundity of the now, like right now. And it's mm -hmm. like, I can choose to like close my laptop if I want, but I can do anything. I have free will to throw this microphone out the window, but <laughs> of what, the, the point is like I, I get to choose and so it's a this it's like a string and a culmination of or if you can choose pearls like if then you've got a, a whole string of pearls and over time you've got a whole necklace of pearls and if you can just moment to moment make choices that are in alignment with your highest self or the highest uh, most authentic expression of yourself whatever that might be and whatever the invitation is there over time that compounds massively it does. It does. like massively and sometimes we can remember i think 
moments where we made a choice about something and it sends our life on a whole nother trajectory and um which is but that's happening every single moment any kind of any moment we can sort of come back to this presence and make a choice from here like is that like i always used to keep things really simple when i was an athlete i was kayaking every day for um, many years and before i knew anything about any of this stuff I, all i knew was like is that thing going to make me go faster in a kayak if it's no i don't want anything to do with it if it's yes i'm interested and when we when we have a set goal and a vision of an ideal of what we want our lives to look like or feel like or the expression of ourselves to be sometimes it can be a bit we can have an idea of what it might look like but it's unlikely that it's going to be exactly like that in the future and so if we're holding on too much to like trying to control what that end product or that end version of ourselves might look like we actually miss the authentic beautiful winding meandering path of how to get there and we don't even know really where there is if, right. if that makes sense yeah it's it's crazy because <clears throat> i've I've talked about this on my show about there there's a future pool that knows where it's going and if you trust in the process trust in yourself you get where you're meant to go you always get there you always get there and it'll literally blow your mind because I never would have thought I would be where I am now I'm 10 times more accomplished and I don't mean to bolster my ego but then I ever thought I had the capability of being. And I, and I say that by saying, I never thought I'd have three albums or whatever. I never thought I'd work with five or 10 psychedelic films. I never thought I would have a podcast or that I'd speak to the people like you or Eric Godsey or these people that I've spoken to for hours on end. I never thought that was within the realm of possibility for me, period, ever. And the fact that I'm doing it now is proof that by showing up and trying things happen and mm. your wildest dreams can come true i'm beyond my wildest dreams right now and that's what's crazy so you're surprised by all of that this is happening yes so it's not like you're like i am going to do this very specifically yeah. and get here it's all it's as much as you're going after it you're allowing it to unfold naturally 100%. is that okay 100 cool. that's what it is it's just showing up and trusting in the process and having patience is the biggest thing because I'm honestly an impatient person. It's That's been one of the things I've had to work on the most through my self-improvement mm -hmm. process is learning to wait for things and not feel like I need it now. That's instant gratification thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just programmed into us, you know, and, and society reinforces that programming for sure. But mm -hmm. for me to learn how to wait and be patient and not get impatient and because then you you uh stunt your own growth by being impatient. yeah you're less likely to take a step in the wrong direction as well yes that too like, yeah that too exactly if you're you know, running for example you could reach time. out i could reach out to you for a podcast and not hear back for a week and then message you and say i oh, forget it and then i'm not on your podcast bro <laughs> and i want to be so i just self-sabotage right so yeah. it's like, yeah. don't do that. Just wait for the person. Just wait for Plant the thing the to happen. Just be patient. It's mm. if it's meant to happen, it will. You know. Don't force a connection. Yes. As well, yeah. Hundred percent. 
I think a lot of people put so much emphasis on their network and the connections. And although that's super important, what's more important is that they happen organically and they yeah, kind of it. like unfold in a way yeah. where it's both people path. are like, like you and I are like, hmm, we were supposed to be doing this. This yes. is all unfolding as it is meant it to. It feels in alignment, you know, for mm-hmm. both of us, I feel. It's not yeah. forced by you. It's not forced by me. We're here. We're happy to be here, you know, and that's the, that's mm-hmm. gorgeous. I love that. I feel like that's the evolution that I want for humanity. That's yeah. the evolution that I want for my audience. If they are feeling like they might feel like, I don't even know what being in alignment feels like. It's like mm-hmm. to learn and understand what that, the sensation is in the physical body of alignment. For me, it's like in my solar plexus. I get, I like radiate out from here and in my human design as well, this is like a PowerPoint, but mm-hmm. um, when my heart also comes online, which it is and has been through this whole podcast, then I can speak truth from here. Then I can yes. be really confident with what's what I'm expressing. And that to me just feels like I'm in heaven, like when I'm in that kind of flow and I'm only just really starting to understand that that's, that's one of my gifts, I suppose, is like to... Uh, communicate from a deeper place yeah. um, and allow it to come out of me. Um, but I suppose coming back to the evolution of consciousness or the evolution of humanity is um, for us to each go on the journey or uh, the hero's journey of self-discovery to find what it is that makes us feel to- like online and yeah. feel like life is worth living and has some kind of meaning, even though it might be difficult to explain it. I just have a feeling that I'm supposed to be here. Um, And in the the process of that journey, I feel like is one where our unique gifts come online as a response to us intentionally choosing to make changes or push into the resistance. And if I've got a fear of dancing, I'm going to fucking go to a dance class where I'm just going to put some music on and let myself move and and not even look in the mirror, but just allow my body to move, but move towards that, which is causing some resistance. And that's the resistance helps the growth aspect. If we all do that as individuals and give each other permission slips to do it the whole time. And if we see anybody else expressing themselves authentically, whatever, and not to say that's not authentic, Anybody expressing themselves, that is authenticity. And to, ce- yeah. to celebrate that and raise those people up and give them more permission and be like, I love what you're doing, keep going. Yes. Yeah. feel Absolutely. like that's a world I that I want to live in. Mm. Me too. And we have to create it. You know, there's a there's the saying, if you want to change the world, first change yourself. I think that's super important because it's easy to have these big visions on psychedelics and say, oh, I can see the utopia. I have to change the world. But then if you go about it by not being in integrity with your soul, it's it's not going to work. You know, people are yeah. going to not be down with what you're doing. They're going to sense the ego. They're going to sense the inauthenticity of it. Yeah. So change yourself first and foremost. Beautify your life, your microcosm. The macrocosm will be a result of your microcosm and your inner world. So get in alignment with your inner world to then manifest a more beautiful outer world. Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Maybe we should end it there. Matt, where can people find you on the internet? 
Yeah, so my podcast is called Zian Archive, X-I-A-N Archive. That's the same handle on Instagram, Zian Archive. Uh, I'm on YouTube. Um, Timewheel.net is our label and podcast platform. We've got a number of other shows as well, which are amazing. So please check it out. Um, Timewheel has a bunch of really great music that um, I spend a lot of time curating. Uh, I've created some of it too. My own releases are on there. So check out Time Wheel on Instagram as well, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, timewheel.net is pretty much um, our portal of everything that, I'm, that I've got going on and that I'm interested in. Amazing. Go and check it out. All the links will be in the show notes or the description should this be on YouTube, which is quite exciting. Yes. Um, and I also just want to say, because I wanted to say this at the start, but your intro music for your podcast is so fucking cool, dude. Like, I'm it's, glad you like and it. And I, I feel like the f- the resonance of it and the frequencies you've specifically tuned to like yes. get my, uh, even when I'm in the car and it comes on, I'm like, okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> I'm like straight in there. I'm like, every single word must be felt. Like, yes. I'm glad you, you like sneaky it. Sneaky digital wizard, you like hooking our little fragile yep. little brains in that's so funny <laughs> i remember the morning i made that intro and it happened so fast and that's the funny thing is it wasn't an overly thought thing i think i made it in one hour you know what i mean and mm-hmm. um i was actually this was during the quarantine um, when it first happened and i was playing world of warcraft with one of my childhood friends because we were in the quarantine there's nothing else to do um and i said hey i'll BRB, I'm going to make something that's coming to my mind real quick. And I came back an hour later and I showed him that. And he said, yeah, dude, that was that was freaking dope. And I was like, I'm running with it. So I'm glad you like it because I didn't even put too much thought into it. Honestly, it just came to me. But but I'm, I'm glad people enjoy it. And I've and I've heard that compliment a few times. So I really appreciate yeah, it. Love it. Now you guys have to go and listen to the podcast. <laughs> discover the intro. And then when you do listen to it, you'll be hooked. Yeah. Um, yeah, please, anyway. please check it out you know i put a lot of love into that podcast so i'd mm. love for you guys to listen cool well i feel like this isn't going to be the last time that you and i um get on the mics together and yeah deepest heartfelt gratitude for your time and your focus and your energy and your sharing and your wisdom big you, big appreciation for you brother back at you man thanks for doing what you do thanks for showing up thanks for being vulnerable thanks for just continuing on this path man you know it's very important that people like you are showing up and and doing what's what uh, their soul is is calling from them so thank you as well thank you appreciate it peace peace out (sighs) well that was just the one of the most fun podcasts i think i've ever done massively grateful for matt taking the time to drop in with me and have a conversation and be vulnerable with me and allow me to also be vulnerable with him and speak to some things um please do share this on instagram if you liked it tag me at ben jam and let me know what you think leave me a little mini review on an instagram story and i'll repost it Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. Have a beautiful month. Have a beautiful rest of your year. I hope everything is going well in your life. I hope you are thriving. And just a quick reminder also, as we move through these incredibly challenging times, 
If you are moving through hugely challenging things right now, just like Matt said and like we were talking about that podcast, it's in the darkness, in the shadows, and in the challenges that we discover who we truly are, and that's where we really make huge progress in terms of personal development and growth, really learning, okay, what is it that I'm here to create? What are my unique gifts that I'm here to bring? And even though that might seem like some distant possibility that you you feel like you're supposed to even be here, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Keep your heart open. Keep loving yourself and others during these difficult times. And maybe you're finding that you're discovering your your purpose or some kind of meaning for being here or maybe what your unique gifts are. In which case, here's a full permission slip to get sharing. Just like Matt said, make the thing, start the project. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just start and learn. Start and fail and learn and then do it a little bit better next time. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sending you all so much love. I will see you guys in the next podcast. Peace.